There's a new hit in town, Walt Disney's Pinocchio. The Andrews sisters bring you one of its gayest melodies, Got No Strings. Hello, friends, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You may recognize my voice. Remember me, I'm Annie. She's back! I'm back. She's like the McRib. <laughs> In every way. Back full of flavor. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to barf this week. Yeah, what was, what was wrong with you last week? I just had tum-tum upsets. I mean, I work with Was the public. it disease tum It wasn't just nervous tum-tum upsets? No, no, no. I had poops, and Aww. I had uh, tum-tum upsets. I did not actually vomit. Did you but need... Like oh, okay, so you kind of probably needed the bucket by the bathroom. But, Not but quite. Like, I didn't feel that point. But no, I, I spent all of last Wednesday, rather than coming and recording podcasts, um, on the sofa, chilling out, watching yeah, I... so much Netflix. I watched eight hours you of Netflix. You tweeted later on that day while we were recording, like, I watched eight hours of Netflix for, for five minutes, and I, I don't feel that good still. <laughs> no, I did take a nap. Yeah, that backwards. You should have no, been I sleeping watched... for eight hours and then watch five minutes of Netflix. I watched two documentaries on dogs. A documentary on the creation of the Steinway Pianos, which, by the way, is very good. It's called Note by Note. I recommend it. And then Netflix recommended that I watch a documentary on um, a competitive harp playing competition. Was that good? It was awful. I, I can see asleep. that either being terrible or amazing. I fell asleep. Aww. I fell asleep. Oh, the harp Especially after the really good... No, no, no. It, after the really good Steinway... Because it was really cool because it followed the path of the creation of one piano oh. from literally cutting the wood to selling it. It was amazing. Where's Steinway located at? Um, in, in, like, Jersey. Oh, geez. It was great. And That's work, pretty cool. That actually does sound pretty interesting. I work at a company that manufactures products locally, too, so it's very cool to see how there are, some, there are some things that are just the same in every single manufacturing facility. Yeah. But anyway, um, no, it was very good. But no, yeah, I just, I stayed in bed, and I just stayed on the sofa and watched a lot of Netflix and, um, and went to sleep immediately, yeah. and I felt a little better. But. You didn't miss much here. I had a good time recording the podcast. I thought it was a pretty good podcast, but, like, Doctor Who, we yeah, just complained. Yeah, I'm so glad Oh, we got, we got bad feedback, too. Like, uh, one of our listeners, Slughorn542, he took, uh, great umbrage to our criticisms of last year's, uh, season of Doctor Who. I'm so glad that I did not come, because here's what I had to contribute about Doctor Who. Well, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was hoping to make it a little more uh, newbie-friendly. Uh, if you were here, we would, well, ideally what it was going to be was going to be me, you, Dylan, and Patrick. Mm-hmm. And you would have been the Goldilocks to me and Dylan and Patrick's uh, <laughs> Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Baby Bear, <laughs> Doctor Who, where I'm like the Mama Bear, I know a decent amount of Doctor Who. Patrick's the Papa Bear expert, knows everything about Doctor Who, and Dylan's kind of like the Baby Bear who likes Doctor Who but doesn't know that much. And you would have been like, ah! Porch, and we get a, it didn't turn out that way. I still we had a good conversation, but it was very insular. It's fine. It's totally cool. Is it the truth is, of course, all Doctor Who is is not so hot. Yeah. Also, the half the <laughs> podcast was actually about for. Star Trek rather than Doctor Who. Yeah, I was listening to it. I'm like, man, I love these guys, but I really could care less about Doctor Who or Star Trek. I'm so glad you guys got that out of your system. Yeah. When I was not around, at least at least you know if you get sick again. And if you have to skip the podcast, it won't be so bad, because we'll just end up doing a Star Trek podcast anyway. <laughs> Not that we're going to be waiting for you to get sick, but... Yeah, I can't yeah. believe it's you... You just... Star Trek just bounces right off of you. It's funny I, that you'll give Doctor Who kind of a, a little bit of a, of, of a pass, 
But Star Trek no. just See, you can't the thing stand is, it. I don't really. Just like Doctor Who and Star Trek are very much so the same in that I've been friends with people who feel passionately about them and desperately want to share them with me. And my total ambivalence like just it just bounces right off of me. And I only kind of sort of watch Doctor Who. You need to understand, Phil, that I can That's never watch thing. I could never watch Doctor Who again for the rest of my life and be fine. I literally don't care. Like, I was like, oh, the Christmas episode came out. I guess I could watch that. Oh, you didn't see that either, huh? No, I don't it's care. It's terrible. I could not watch Doctor Who There's again. the phrase, humany woomany. That, that, see, I that. Oh it's Doctor God. Who. It's Doctor Who. What do you expect? It was terrible. It's like, same thing as Star Trek. I don't wish ill of Star Trek, but it is not for me. I guess it. It is it. not It's my... a shame, because I think you would, like, Deep Space Nine, if you got hurt in a... I've watched... If you got stuck in a... I understand. Which season did you watch? The first, the first Exactly. It doesn't get good. And fun. I still liked it, motherfucker. Uh, what are you trying to say? It's just like, at the end of the day, your life is finite, and you have to choose oh, no, what ridiculous media you're going to consume. I choose I not to get into Tintin. Less. I choose not to get into uh, paying taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke. I did Steve Weaver's New Year's party, and I off the cuff and said, I made a joke about I haven't paid taxes in five years, and Steve, we were all having a good time, Steve looked at me like, like, he just sobered up and turned to me like a robot, like, are you serious? I was like, no, of course I paid taxes. Anyway. No. Um, no, I feel, I feel, it's like one of those things where I'm just not a member of that tribe. No, it's okay okay Doctor Who, you have to be a little retarded like Doctor Who. And you have no, to be see, retarded in a specific kind of way. Star Trek a little charms. bit. It's like, I was going to see Oh, no, the... I'm not shit-talking or anything like that, but you have to be broken in a certain kind of way to like certain kind of things. You're just not broken that way. I was thinking about um, this it's because fine. I went to go see the, the Sherlock Holmes, the new Sherlock Holmes film. Oh, uh, yeah, you have movies to talk about, yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed it because ultimately I do like Guy Ritchie films. See, I, I like, don't like Guy Ritchie films, but I did I like that last Sherlock. Guy Ritchie. Yeah. I I love men with facial hair and I love period uniforms of the turn of the 1900s. Yeah. So, or the 1800s. And so, of course, I enjoyed it. Um, Irene Adler, they killed in the first 15 minutes. It was wonderful. Are you serious? Yeah. Actually, it's kind of cool. Oh, that yeah. Was not, I would not. I would qualify it as a a lesser film than the first I one. She, the she first was supposed to be coming back. Oh yeah, she shows up long enough to die. It was actually really well done. I liked that. That does, was one of the best. Better. Does Numi Rapace just stab her in the face with a sharp, sharp face? Numi Rapace is badass. Yeah, I'm, you can totally Wait. see watching her why Ridley Scott cast her in the in his in Prometheus. Yeah, supposedly she's like the Ripley character in the next. She uh, she she just it's there's some actresses they're very interesting because they are very much so physical yeah. like their acting is it's not so much expression from the face it's just very subtle little ticks it's yeah. fascinating she was really good in the first hour of uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo i saw yeah. she raped the guy who raped her like a motherfucker but yeah she's okay i'm glad to see that movie yeah. was at least powerful it was i enjoyed it yeah. i would not call it a good movie but i enjoyed it was it better than the first one no the sherlock no Okay. It was like a, a step below. I still enjoyed really? it. Really? Because the first one, you think, like, the, the story in the first one was so crummy that, like, it would be, wouldn't be that hard to fix make the story better. Moriarty's evil plan is that he... Uh, I mean, it's really... How is Moriarty? Because he's, oh, he's actually, on Mad Men, and I love him. What I thought he's was fascinating is that the two least interesting parts of this film... Is it Mycroft? No, no, no. Mycroft was great. Because oh, okay. it's Steve Fry. Yeah. He was great. The two least interesting parts of that film were um, Moriarty and Sherlock. Wow. Because okay. Sherlock, weirdly, was not, I was not terribly interested in him. I would rather watch no, Numi or Pace barely do anything. Yeah. Because the whole point is in this film, Sherlock's falling apart. And he's totally, like, even more so. And he's just basically lost without Watson. And yeah. But he never has any moment of, like, where he finds himself. He's just still lost at the end. Is he just on their honeymoon at the end of the movie, just crying? And that's, that just cuts to credits? More or less. 
It felt like a, a, a delightful fanfic. But anyway, beyond that, anyway, regardless of that, regardless of the fact that I want to tenderly nuzzle Jude Law's mustache in these films, um, uh, <laughs> he does look pretty sharp in the commercials. God damn! Like the... God damn! I am immune to Jude Law. I am not that kind of girl, except as Watson. Jigolo Jude Joe. Law. What do you know? I'm. I am J- Jude Law as Watson is my kryptonite. Yeah, my wife's too, so it's okay. But it's hilarious with his dapper little outfits and his uniform. And he's got the limp, and he's got the, the facial hair. He looks like a little, like, slightly broken action figure. Oh, I yeah. love him. I love him. I love him. And I love the lady they have play his wife. Oh, yeah. Is it the great. same lady that he introduced as the Sherlock yeah. in the first it's his, one? It's his fiance. It's his fiance, yeah, exactly, yeah. No, she's great. We were having this conversation about why we thought um, Rachel McAdams as Irene Adler did not work in the first film, because mm-hmm. I thought she was fine. But I found her less offensive the second time I watched it. But I think that even though she's supposed to be an American, um, her face doesn't seem right for the period. Like, she doesn't seem like the type of woman that would exist at that time, whereas the woman who plays Watson's wife looks right. Like, she looks like... We're like, maybe that's part of it. I'm like, maybe it's because she's the bitch from Mean Girls, and I can't... I think she was, at least, and I can't dissociate. But anyway, end of the day... Oh, she was the bitch from Mean Girls. How I feel about Sherlock Holmes... I think is I, I think about this all the time because I am to Sherlock Holmes what I am to most of these hardcore fandoms, a lot of these hardcore fandoms, where I am the other who enjoys the bastardized reboot of their yeah. beloved properties, and it's enjoyable to be on the other side of that fence. I think we've discussed this before in the podcast, but it's yeah, always it's not like if uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Drew Love were in a really crappy Robin or Robin Hood movie. Yeah, oh, let's not talk about that. Anyway, so, yeah, no, Sherlock Holmes and, and Doctor Who, I do not wish any ill of them. I do not think people less, or, or did I say Star Trek Doctor Who's yeah. name? Um, I don't think any less of people for liking them. It's not for me. Did you see the Stephen Moffat's uh, Sherlock? Have you seen any of that? Yeah. That's pretty cute. It's yeah. cute. I yeah. love Martin Freeman. I watch, And Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch are great. Yeah. I love the they're fact great. that they're both in the Hobbit movie. They are? Oh, yeah. Doesn't he play? He's the voice of the dragon. Benedict Cumberbatch is, is Smog the dragon, Smog and dragon. Martin Freeman is hot. Is, yeah. I love the fact that, like, Martin Freeman essentially went to Peter Jackson and said, hey, you know what? I know who'd make a great Smog. My gay lover on Sherlock. <laughs> No, what um, I think is great is that apparently they, they schedule Martin Freeman's filming of The Hobbit around his filming for Sherlock. Oh, really? Because they love Sherlock so much. Okay. Like, no, 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 you have to... They don't want to fuck up Sherlock. Yeah. To be fair, Sherlock's already so fucked up with, like, Doctor Who kind of hinging on its its, its, its uh, territory production-wise that, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I, I understand that other people get receive nutrients from these things. I do not receive nutrients from them. Yeah. So what else did you do for New Year's? Oh, for New Year's? Oh, no, that wasn't New Year's. That was just you being was sick. Just in general. Yeah. Um... Though I did go see that when I still was not feeling very ill, which was probably not a good idea. With all the slow I did a really bad. And... The, oh man, I did. Okay, I, Bill, you need to see. I don't. You wouldn't hate this movie. I'll just tell you right now, you would hate this movie for all, all the things you did not like in the first film. The, the second Sherlock Holmes film, I, you will not. I, like I didn't it. dislike it. You will dislike the second film. <clears throat> oh dear lord, dear friends, I'm so <laughs> glad we captured that on audio. Bill's habit of when he burps, he says words. And Usually, rapist robot. Rapist robot is racist a robot raping. Uh, Anyway. Ralph Macchio is a popular Dear one. Dear Lord. Anyway. There is a... The thing I think that... I'm, I'm mostly watching Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I'm ready for Guy Ritchie to make a Guy Ritchie film. Because a lot of... Has that... Not made... Was it put two Sherlock's in a row? Yeah. I, yeah. He yeah. He has and He doesn't take a break. Yeah. He And, um... It's like, it's pretty, the cinematography and the editing aren't very well done in some portions, but there's one sequence where it's really obvious that that's why Guy Ritchie showed up. Yeah. Is there's that a, the woods? Yeah. Yeah, I keep, like, It's a beautiful It looked good in the trailer. It's, it's really, I mean, because Guy Ritchie is at his best when he's, when he's fucking, like, with the, what you can do with hyper-stylized film. 
Like, that's... And I think... What I like about Guy Ritchie is he's not afraid to fuck with that. Mm -hmm. And, like, what you can do with film. And there's a um, camera effect you can do where um, the camera is fixed on an object... Like, for example, I've seen it used in videos, music videos very effectively, where it's, like, fixed on a guitar's hands while they're playing, and so the camera's fixed on the hands and everything else is moving. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like almost like a POV, not quite a POV shot, but yeah, the, but, the camera is just tied to an object yeah. that moves through the environment, yeah. He, there's a, a scene where all these characters are running through the forest, and explosions are happening all around them, and it could be a very disjointed sequence, or it's very hard to follow the action, but yeah. he uses that on the actors in certain parts. So when things are happening that are affecting them directly, we'll have kind of this establishing point of view shot and then this establishing shot of what is happening all around them. It's great. And the whole sequence that leads up to that is the most transparent but effective video game sequence I have ever seen in a movie. Oh, so? There's a stealth portion. Um, uh, There's a boss battle where you have to disregard all the uh, skills that you developed during the course of the level um, and use the environment against the boss. It was actually super satisfying. I'm not kidding. It felt like something out of a Metal Gear game. Is this Sherlock finally realizing Irene's full of shit and stabbing her in the face? That she's the boss battle? No, Bill. You ruined my last film. You anyway, shall not go any further. I, I just imagine a giant Rachel McAdams. We have a bad habit. It's like Shadow of the Colossus with Robert Downey Jr. Claw crawling over. Get out of my film. I really like the art, for the like the production design of that. Yeah. Film. I just wish that the cinematographer cared as much as the set dressers and costume designers do. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard to be, I, it's weird because I, I didn't give a shit about, like, I was a, I, my background is I was a theater kid, like, I was a tech kid. Yeah. So I can nerd out about props and stuff, but it, for work as a side thing, I've been doing, like, video content for our, my company, and it's weird that now I think about, oh man, that's really lazy editing, that's really weird editing, they should add another shot, all the shit that I never thought about before. Now I can't fucking turn off my damn brain. Like, they really should have had a half second more tick for that emotional resonance to, yeah. like, sink in and said that. That's not a bad thing, way to be, though. It makes it's it a little annoying. harder to just enjoy everything on face value when watching a movie. Or... But being educated and kind of having notions that, that stuff is never bad. Except when it's annoying. Eh. As long as you're not annoying other people around That's you. right. If you're just annoying yourself, that's fine because yourself, whatever, gives a shit. But yeah. whatever. Anyway, what else, have you consumed any media this week? Uh, did you, like, watch Die Hard and shit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, on Christmas, I watched Die Hard. I watched Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, yeah, because we haven't seen each other since Christmas. Yeah. I watched, over the holidays, I watched, um, uh, on, on New Year's Eve, we watched, um, The Importance of Being Earnest with Colin Firth and Rupert Everett and, um, Frances uh, O'Connor and, um, Reese Witherspoon, which I love. I love with all of my childish heart. Reese, Reese Yes, I know you hate Reese Witherspoon. She's amazing in that film, though, so fuck you. Uh, she was good. And she was great in the election. Tracy you. Flick. Fantastic character. And Holiday with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, watched. you were telling me about that, it's yeah. great movie. Great movie. Why, how'd you guys end up watching Die Hard? Because it was Christmas. Oh, I don't know if, like, yeah, I forgot that I actually made you watch that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it's just, you were Christmas. tweeting so much about it. Like, oh my god, John McClane, he's still got muscles. Bruce Willis, blah, blah, blah. It's just, we are watching it. Sometimes I'm just saying, there's an episode of Community that's a diehard parody. Bill has been watching Community. Bill is trying very hard to make me watch Community. I will not watch Community. It's cute. I, I know it's very good. There are some things that are not for me. It is Scrubs 2.0. There are some things that are not for me. You you got me into Scrubs. I need to get you to community. There are some things that are not for me. Fucking Zach Braff. 
There's no Zach Braff on this, which already makes it better than uh, Scrubs. Mm, there's no Donald Faison, which makes it less than... Uh, oh, I did finish Community. Uh, Josh and Bahar and I, uh, we watched... Uh, we, we, well, we got up to whatever Community is left when we finished watching that. <laughs> which maybe... Oh, which maybe, who knows what the hell happens. But yeah, no, that turned out to be a really good show. Community's... Uh, I, I trust all the people who say it's good. I it's got, it's got a really slow start, because like Matt and Erica, they're watching it. Matt's not caring for it very much, because it does. it's kind of very corny. Chevy Chase is... The worst part of the show where he kind of shows up and he's just Chevy Chase and all he has is gay jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, but it's, once it starts building up the characters and, and starts showing more of a heart, it, it gets really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to Skyrim for real this time, though. Here's the portion of our show where half everybody tunes out because I'm going to talk about Skyrim just a little Skyrim! bit. Skyrim! I, I, I'm trying to milk it for all the Chivos because. I'm not going to eat. While I'm talking. We had someone tweet at us that they hated to hear it sound, like, hear us chewing in their ears eating the podcast. I called a moratorium on eating during the podcast. Maybe Bill is eating during this podcast right now. I figured you were going to talk for about 20 minutes straight about Skyrim, so this is a safe point for me to start eating. I'm done! All I'm going to say is I finished the Thieves Guild arc, and I finished the Dark Brotherhood arc, and I think I'm done with the game? What are you doing in those arcs? It's cool. You need to play it. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. It's fun. I liked the Thief Kills. He's still there. Oh, you tell me what happens in the end of Dark Brotherhood. Yes, I did. It changes the political structure of the kingdom. <laughs> Except that it doesn't at all. Wow. It's really great, though, because I'm finished. All, I'm finishing all these other subplots well after actually finishing the main narrative of the game. Oh, that's right, because you beat that a while ago. Yeah, and it's uh, it's great, because they keep talking about, oh, like, the untenable political situation and the thing. I mean, the game is very well done and very well written, but they're still, like, they don't assume that you've you eat your main course and then eat your dessert, you know? Yeah. Or, the, or excuse me, you eat dessert before you, you finish How many hours have you put into it now? 130. 140. How much luck do you have to do? Well, I'm pretty much done, is what I'm saying. Like, How I've many got, Chivos do you have left? Oh, there are only three Chivos left, but they're Holy shit, what are I've they? I've got, um, the, the two are related to the art, to the Mages Guild. I dislike magic so much. Not necessarily yeah, the Have game, you built up general. your magic at all? Oh, hell no. I'm a stabby, uh... uh magic can be pretty fun, though. Like, well, no. I don't no. doubt that. My friends, everyone I talk to are playing Skyrim, they're like, oh, magic's so fun, magic's so fun. At the end of the day, I'm not the sort of gamer to plan things. This is how I am in any game. Um, this is why I always play tanks whenever I do Dungeons and Dragons or any shit like that. Because I'm not the sort of person who looks at a situation and says, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm the person who just, is that a trap? And barges into it to find out, you know? That's yeah, I, I appreciate that. So as this creator of Juki, Pummel Rumble Blood. This would be Bill's Dwarven <laughs> D&D Yeah, my D&D character, who does exactly that, who once got a sword stuck in his head and still kept on running around, not, like, being an idiot. I appreciate that gameplay style. Um... I'm yeah. not the sort of person to go, oh, I need to drop back. I would not want to play Skyrim just using magic, because that seems kind of stupid. Well, no, you can you get, like, bound bow and bound, where you basically well, summon... Well, you get enchanted weapons and shit well, No, no, like no, that. no, yeah. you can summon spectral weapons that do more damage. Yeah, but still. I do like beating things with an axe and a hammer. Have, what if it was a spectral hammer that did three times the damage of a regular hammer? I like the rumble of a, sh- a shattering skull traveling up my arm into my bowels, not my butt. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> There's something to be said for physically smashing a baby <laughs> like a Gallagher show. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Went to the comic shop last week. I didn't have I haven't had a chance to talk about this since it came out. I picked up the Uncharted comic. Oh, there's an Uncharted comic? There is. There are two issues of it out. Oh, no. And I feel like I am a betrayer, but I actually kind of like it. Is it well drawn? No. Well, I mean, it's not poorly drawn, per se. It's just a, it that that exactly... should be a visually, really visually well put together comic. It should have to well, be. Well, no, 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 no. 
know. I mean, think about it. On its fa- on the face of it, Uncharted is just a goofy adventure, action adventure thing. So, of course, you yeah. go talk to 75% of the people in the comics community. Can you draw dudes with guns in, um... In, but you still, uh, you really want, like, the characters to look like what they look like, though. Like, it's... Look at any licensed comic in the last 30 years. Who looks like anybody? Yeah. Because they're not hiring people who understand what these games are or play them. They're hiring Joe Schmo. Who has no connection to it. So they go off model all the time, but it's is, so cute. Is the comic as badly written as the game? Oh, fuck you. We're not going to have that conversation. Because <laughs> it makes my blood pressure go up. No, it's fine. No, it's, it's very cute. It's not good, but it's cute. Yeah. It's 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 totally acceptable. Is it set after the events of Uncharted 3? It's actually set before the events of Uncharted 1. It's about, or excuse me, maybe it's between 1 and 2. I know, I think it's before 1. It's how he meets Chloe. It's how Drake meets Chloe. Oh, Chloe, not even, uh... Not Elena. Elena. Well, we know how we met Elena. They're like, she's like, hey, can I be part of your trip? I got a camera. <laughs> you need the exposure. I got the money. How does he meet Chloe? Um, they are both trying to steal the same object. <gasps> it's almost like how it's we met. Cute. It's like how we met uh, Sally. Oh my god. How we met Sally. Meet. Except, so, so Chloe is just not fuckable. Oh no, uh, Sully is not fuckable. Chloe is what you're saying. I don't understand what you just said. Because they were both trying to steal the same thing, except he wants to bone Chloe, but doesn't want to bone Sully. Maybe Sully wanted to bone him. I don't understand what you're talking about right now. I'm having a fugue. I really genuinely I'm just saying that is now a theme in Nathan Drake's life of uh, him meeting people who are also stealing the same thing he's trying to steal. Yeah. Because that's how he met Sully. Oh, that's true. Okay, now I understand. Now I'm back up to speed with you. Just saying. Well... They're thieves. How was how, Bill, how would you do it? They did they book Chloe. in the comic? Did they draw uh, Chloe with creepy little glowing crystal eyes? Oh, they should have done that intentionally, just just as an Easter egg for all the people uh, who played the game. Are okay throughout. I mean, it's kind of funny to see this artist render the half tuck because it just looks weird. But no, is it Chloe? just shirt flopping? It's like a it's like a man flu, but it's like flesh, not even <laughs> a shirt sticking out. Yeah, Chloe's kind of weirding me out a little bit. Is she super titted up or what? No, it's not even necessarily that. It's just she's that just the not right. The, the, the artist clearly is having trouble. Well, let's just say Uncharted. It's not even the gameplay Uncharted that's so fantastic. Uh, even the spectacle is fun to watch, but like spectacle, oh, no, 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 you can no, no, find no. in other games. So much the characters in Uncharted. Yeah. That's why I'm. It's the that, characters. That's why I'm hoping the characters are drawn right because that's if you're going to draw an Uncharted comic, yeah. even more this, than the environments or the spectacle, the characters are really what you have to nail. Name that's a why I wish Emily Carroll was drawn. Comic that has on model characters. How is the Mass Effect comic that way? That- Again, name a single. The Mass Effect. I comic, don't read comics, much less licensed comics. It's what cracks me up is that actually it was like, should I mention? Oh, you know what has an uncharted a- comic that is written by just some Joe Schmo freelancer and drawn by some Joe Schmo freelancer is kind of more interesting than the Mass Effect comics that are actually written by the Mass Effect writers. Is it as well rendered as the Kick Puncher comic that comes in the Community Season One DVD? Oh my God, Bill, stop it! <laughs> As drawn by Troy Barnes and Abed. What's I'm going to give you an electric shock every time you talk about community. Just saying, Troy, you'd love Troy. Troy's a cute black man. You'd love him. <laughs> you have a crush on Donald Faison. You totally love Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Seems like a lovely man. He's not Donald Faison. He's a terrible rapper. This childish Gambino. He's an actual, like, he tries to rap. He's terrible. Anyway, I'm it's cute. I mean, the Uncharted comic is not good, but it's not. It's kind of cute. The lady looks I'm like Link from Wind Waker. Whenever I go to the comic shop and I, I buy my comics because I'm a nerd, um, I sort them in order that I'm going to read them uh, in a set of a, in ascending interest. So I start with the comic I'm least interested in, and then I work towards the one I'm most interested in. And Uncharted is now right next to my Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, that's not too bad. Which is pretty good. 
Though I am, I, I recently, we're trying to clean up my house and uh, a little bit, and uh, I'm reaching the point where I'm like, I have all these fucking comic floppies floating around. Yeah. That I don't really want anymore. You don't have a long box or anything? Well, the thing is, it's like, so ultimately, this is the conundrum I always have. We a have a fireplace reader. here. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so as a comics reader, I love the ritual of getting the monthlies. I yeah. love it. I would not give it up for anything. Because with this this particular sort of media, it's all about consuming it in bits and chunks. And that's structurally, it's how, you know, that's how it works. It's part of it. And I like, you know, buying stuff and supporting my little comic shop. But no, 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 no. Then I have it. And I'm like, what the hell do I do now? Because I'm never going to reread it. Well, you can read, a floppy you can read in five minutes, too. That's the other thing. It's not even the time thing. It's genuinely then I have this... Physical well, that's what I'm but then what, like, like that enjoyment lasts for five minutes, and then you just have this object just laying around. Yeah. It's, it's like at least my. I just discovered that my, um, my 13 year old step brother in law, um, like is starting to like comics, so I'm giving him my Ultimate Spider Man because oh, okay, he's a little, cool. he's uh, Haitian, and so it's great to be able to share. Like, here's a protagonist who is a 13 year old boy, non white. Okay character and he's really enjoying oh, I didn't it. think about that yeah he's really enjoying it you know there is i mean that's why bendis did the reboot is like here is a kid who looks like me like that sort of thing so anyway but um uh no it's, it's you know why he drew he made black hair still say this racist thing on the internet go ahead do it make your racist i'm just joke. saying well did you hear well you know donald glover was petitioning to be yes. a black spider-man yes supposedly uh brian michael bendis was actually convinced finally to actually make a spider-man black after seeing Donald Glover dressed as Spider-Man in an episode of Community. And he was he like, said oh. that was part of it. Also, a big part of it was that he adopted a non-white child who he realized had no no characters to look up to. Donald Glover did? No, no, no. Brian He's Michael so Bendis. He's so kind-hearted. <laughs> Fuck you. Also with that rich rap career. <laughs> anyway. Brian Michael Bendis adopted a non-white child? Well, I, mean, I, mean, I need to have that as a button so the next uh, movie premiere I go to, my Brian Michael Bendis is there. He just gets to see that. Anyway. How do you give him fist bumps? To be fair, he also, it was a little girl. She, this, it's his little daughter, too. They should have been a black woman. Fucking women. It should have been Shirley from Community bastard. playing uh, Spider-Man. Anyway. Why oh, that really? That's cool. Brian Michael Bendis. I like that guy. When's anyway. The, when's the power show coming out? Man, the pilot just got greenlit. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is the sound I of Hollywood. That greenlit? Now, when I read about, read about the development process of anything, I'm like, how does anything get made? Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, no, um, uh, uh, yeah, with, with floppies, I'm like, man, what do I do with them? Because you, boxes... you can always find someone to give them to. I was Not joking about the fireplace thing. Take them to the fucking burn unit, children's hospital or well, something no, like that. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them, like, Goodwill. Like, I could take them back to my comic shop in Solomon. I would find kids to give that stuff to. I'm not going to give the shitty Ender's Game comic that's all about fucking actually forming kids with what dig that. Decoupage your coffee table. <laughs> Trying to help you out here. <laughs> This is the conundrum I always have. And it's really hard when it's something I really like, too. I'm like, okay, I'll keep this. Yeah. But it's like... What are you going to do with it, yeah. though? Yeah. I mean, the book, book, I can put that on my shelf. Yeah. And it's the thing, yeah. With the floppies... Like, I'll loan a book. I've loaned floppies. That's why I love... Like, that's why I always wait for collected volumes and stuff to come out. I still need to buy, like, collected uh, All-Star Spider, like, Superman and stuff like that. But yeah, I would, that's it's, it's it's much more manageable to read and collect and hold on to that stuff when it's yeah. a book rather than a book. And it's like, I, I'm torn, because I love the floppies. It's important. Oh, yeah, it's, they're not bad. It's just... But I just archivally don't speaking, if though. I could just read them at the comic shop and then turn around and sell them, not even sell them, just give them back to my comic shop. Okay. Just rent it for the ten yeah. minutes it takes to read. Yeah, exactly. It's like you buy them digitally. Get them on your iPad. It's the ritual. It's the ritual of going uh, to my comic yeah. shop and getting my pull box and seeing if there's anything else in the shelves that I like. So that's getting more and more depressing. 
Because really? I always go and I'm like, I'm going to buy a new comic. I'm going to buy a comic I have not read. Yeah, it was it getting harder to find stuff that looks actually Well, not even that. I just, and like, I have struck out the last ten times. Like, oh, just bad comics? There's one comic that I keep I... trying to give a shot. Which keep one? keep trying to give a shot to this comic, Northlanders. Never heard keep of it. Keep trying to give it a shot. It's like um, Viking stuff. And I picked it up because um, last time Foley got tattooed, her tattoo artist is adorable and a comic book nerd. And um, I was talking to him, I was like, so what comics are you guys reading? Because I'm always looking for recommendations. He's like, you have to read, you have to read Northlanders, it's awesome. It's like this Viking guy named Sven, and he's fucking killing everybody, and there's car and blood. It's where you get that lot of comics. Well, no, 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 no. See, that's the thing. I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. Is it not bad? No, but- no, no. The thing about Northlanders, the kind of the gimmick, beyond the fact that it's, you know, uh, generically... Um, dark ages y yeah. is that everyone talks um every the the dialogue is very anachronistic. Like so they are speaking in modern voices. Yeah. And it's hard. Like I just I just I keep trying to give it a shot. I keep I just bought the fifth volume. I have bought I skipped one because my comic shop guys told me to skip the second one. But um the uh or maybe the third I can't remember. But uh I got this most recent one or this one called Plague Widow. It's about this woman who um there there's this huge plague right before winter and this small community just kind of shuts down and is trying to figure out how to cope with it. Yeah. And, then, and then it's like, you know, they have to battle humanity within as well as the disease without, blah, blah. And, you know, not an invalid premise. And, you know, this, the, the, this how, you know, writing about the situations of, of women, strong women in the Dark Ages is an interesting, you know, thing. What do you do? Except that the, one of the, the, the conflicts in the community is between this um, alpha male dude who wants to run the place and this priest who's a scientist who says we need to shut down this community because um, this disease is spread by its blood-borne pathogens and we can't go here because we'll get disease from the lice and all this other stuff. Hmm. He's talking about quarantines and stuff. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, hmm, really? That and my wife was flipped through it and she's like, you know why I can't read this? And I was like, why? Because she wasn't even looking at that. She said, this protagonist, this female protagonist in this book set in the Dark Ages has um, uh, uh, nail polish. Like the colorist's like very deliberate. Oh, like, no. So you got both the writer and uh, somebody on the art team not understanding that like this is not how it was. It's just, yeah, and I don't think, and I was like, it's not nail polish. It's just like, you're a different color. The Nordic priest is talking about quarantine. That's yep. interesting. Bloodborne pathogens. He doesn't, he doesn't use the word blood But pathogens. you know that's what he's talking about. He's either very smart and very perceptive. And I genuinely think that if the writer, I think it's Brian Wood, had thought, remembered the word bloodborne pathogens, he would have slipped it in there, the yeah. in there. He just didn't bother to go to th- uh, thesource.com. And it's yeah. like, I will give you, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching A Knight's Tale where Heath Ledger is riding around saying, we will rock you, and the crowd is chanting it. Yeah. I am not, like, Little Miss, you know, you don't watch Game of Thrones and and be happy when some, someone says "What's up?" <laughs> Even yeah. that, it's a fantasy world. This is yeah. like, oh, it's set during this time in this place. And I was really disappointed because the last issue actually had a short story that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I keep trying because I am the demographic for your Dark Ages adventure. And it's yeah, not for me. What else have you been reading or watching or ingesting? Ingesting, playing. Um, uh, started my next playthrough of Mass Effect. Yeah. So what instigated this? I want to play Mass Effect. Okay. Well, no, my we really how many playthroughs of Mass Effect have you done? We've only done two. Okay. I did. I did. We have. To be fair, that is not a lot compared to other people out there have done it like half a dozen times. I have my primary shepherd, my go-to shepherd, who's Harriet Shepherd. Yeah. Who where we? This is my playthrough from like two thousand. It wasn't. It was. Because your original playthrough, right? No, 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 no. Technically, I played through Mass Effect with um, Toby Shepherd, Tobias Shepherd. 
Um, who, but at the time, literally like a week after Mass Effect came out, I met um, Bully, my my lovely girlfriend. So really, I don't remember a lot of Mass Effect in my first place. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Because um, I was occupied. Um, but um, no, we, we had a playthrough together where it was Harriet Shepard who's Renegade. And enjoyed the hell out of that playthrough. That was my... That's really my Shepard when I think about it. And then we had a second playthrough who was a female Shepard who was a kind of a boy scout. And now um, we realize I don't have a dude Shepard. And I really want to because realistically in a perfect world, this is my dude Shepard who romances Ashley. That was really what instigated this because we're girls. We wanted to be able to tenderly put it to Ashley Williams. Because Ashley is dead in both my other playthroughs. Both of them. I think she's dead in mine. No, I killed the dude. Ashley's alive in mine. Yeah, because I really yeah. want to see her show up in the second game. Mm-hmm. And I want to have my my romance flare up with her again in Mass Effect 3. Because there's no gay relationships in the first one. You well, can't have... No. You can't have... Uh, yes and no. You can you, you can be an adult male and tag the lady human or the lady alien. You but not... You can't female. tag Caden, though. Yeah. No. Which I which really upset me at the time. I remember vividly. Because, frankly, my first playthrough, I would have romanced Caden. Yeah. Because the dialogue is exactly the same up to a point. Whether you're just befriending them or romancing them. Yeah. Up to a certain point, you're either ga- gaining a level of intimacy and they just abruptly forks depending on your gender. Yeah. And I remember that really irked me at the time. And in the second game, at least they expanded it in that you can bang a space cat, which is good as a woman. But, um, you know, it... A it, space cat? That was my joke. Because it's Garrus. Garrus is space Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, well, yeah. That was my joke, Phil. You should have laughed and then we could have moved on. Oh, like, what? No, they've said that in the third Mass Effect game, you can have a gay male character, which is totally, I would, I mean, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. So I, I'm torn, because really, I, in a perfect world, I would do three playthroughs, but even I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> this playthrough where it's hetero Shepard, who looks, like Bruce Willis, by the way. I wish we had named him Bruce. I wish we had had, could, I wish I could change his name. I'd change it back to Bruce. Um, Bruce um, is a, 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 is a, a renegade-y kind of guy. Um, and he, actually, he's a renegade. He's a renegade asshole to everyone except Ashley. Ashley's like, hey, Ashley, what a soda. Fuck you, man. I'm trying to get this woman a soda. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, and, and, and then I'd have a place through where um, Shepard dies in Mass Effect 2 because I'm really curious to I see. Would, I want to see that, too, someday, yeah. yeah. Because I imagine James Vega is going to be the protagonist instead. That's yeah. what kind of what they're setting up. And then a third playthrough where, um, just gay Shepard. Like, I would love to have gay Shepard. You mean male Shepard? Yeah. Yeah. Gay I, love the, I love the idea of having a male, uh, male Shepard who does not, like, he, I guess it would be insinuated that he gets a head injury at the end of the second game, and that's why suddenly gay... In the third one, like because yeah, like zooming, takes. zooming out of the like evil uh, portal or whatever the hell at the we'll end have of the to second see game. How takes things place. go? Because realistically, yeah. depending on like with this with Bruce Shepard, when we get to Mass Effect Three, we're going to see how compelling the male romance option is. Because poor Ashley Williams made me toss the wayside. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting to see what happens, man. And Mass Effect, I think about this way too. <laughs> Mass Effect 3 comes out in less than three months. Yeah, man. It's coming soon. March 6th, I think it is. It's the first week of March. It's coming up soon. You'll be playing your PS Vita, waiting in line for Mass Effect 3 to come from (laughs) Amazon.com. 
Did you see today they started unveiling pre-order uh, bonuses for Mass Effect 3? Yeah. They didn't say anything for Amazon, but it's all, like, if you get it from Best Buy, you get a gun that's shaped like Tali or something I like was that. kind of, I was, it shoots little Tallies. I like that, actually. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, did, I was, Stanford. for a minute there, I was weirdly tempted by the GameStop offer, because it's, like, a Butch M7 armor. What? And I was like, it's, like, like, fuck. Like, Gears of War yeah, style yeah, or something? Kind of, actually. You look like a meat locker. It's great. That would make sense for Male Shepard. Female Shepard would, would ruin the lines for suit is what I'm saying I my female shepherd when she's off duty she tends to have little dress gear she's sharply dressed for man I cannot wait pissed for off butch lady because the collector's edition um your off duty shepherd can wear a hoodie oh is that what the what yes you can wow really serious hoodie. about saving the universe when I'm you're all excited. emo cutting yourself in the in the cabin Bill you're wearing a hoodie right now I'm the bomb like wearing it Oh, is it like a hoodie you just wear? It's not yes, you have a like hood the up. Hoodie you're wearing? No, no, no. The hoodie is down. Oh, I thought I thought you'd end up looking like somebody from Attack the Block or something no. like that. Oh, okay. No, a hoodie. A hoodie. It like a normal person. A hoodie. Oh, okay. That, without that. disregarding the existence of the hood, like a normal person. <laughs> is it like glowing all up the zipper and shit? <laughs> no, it's it's exactly like the N7 hoodie you can buy from Bioware. I heart Garrus patch on it. It's adorable. Oh, that's very cool. Anyway, that is okay. That is awesome. Okay, there's no reason hoodies wouldn't exist in space fiber to Exactly now, on the Citadel. I'm just saying, you can only improve uh, human The hoodie should yeah. actually be a combat gear. It should have its own stats for, like, combat or something. It could be <laughs> terrible stats, you know, but, you know. God knows it would make you less, look less stupid than when you're wearing some of the helmets and shit in those games. Pretty much. So what else been going on? Is that it? Yes. Crickets? What the hell? Is that an offensive like, question? That's, that's an intense... Yes. That's yes, it. that's it. Uh... The end. Podcast is <laughs> over forever. This is the forever. worst podcast in the world. No! Alright, friends, we're gonna take a little break, and then we'll come oh, back. Oh, so we get to spend half an hour listening to you, what you've been doing, nothing about what I've been doing. I see, I love you. Fuck you! I what presume you would fill that gap of silence. <laughs> no, I, I just want to make sure you got your word on the word in before I start talking about my shit. I didn't shit. know we were taking turns. I didn't know. I didn't know we were taking turns, Go for it, Bill. Read your little list. I thought you thought. Well, I, I was just eating bacon while you were talking. Here I was. So I was not getting We're having an organic conversation. No, like I just talk. Uh, first on my list is I Fart Bats. I don't know when I wrote that. Uh, but yeah, New Year's, I went to Steve Lieber's and Sarah Ryan's uh, New Year's Eve party, which is always a big thing here in Portland, Oregon. They get all the cartoonists together and they throw a big shindig. Oh, man, we closed that uh, party down because... Uh, we didn't, uh, me, Dylan, and Katie and I, our lovely co-hosts from the last episode of the Boy Hardy Podcast, which I'm melting all of a sudden, we took a cab up there, and we didn't think about calling a cab to get home until 2 a.m., which on New Year's Eve, of course, that's also when all the bars are getting out, meant yep. the cab didn't actually show up till 4 a.m., and everyone was long gone. But I, uh, Steve and Sarah were very cool staying up, with, uh, staying up late with us. While it's almost waiting. like they're really cool people. So we helped them clean. And... Uh, on New Year's Day proper, here at my place with uh, Josh and Barhar, we have a tradition where we hang out all day with uh, with uh, friends, eat uh, breakfast all day, and catch up on all the movies uh, from the rest of the year we haven't seen yet that have since come out on DVD. And so we hung out, watched uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens. Have you seen that yet? Mm-hmm. It's actually not that bad. The, it, it, everything regarding the aliens is super fucking generic and boring. Cowboy stuff is actually kind of cute. There's, like, they make an attempt to, ha- to try to squeeze in as many cowboy archety- archetypes in the movie as possible. Um, the kid from Avatar The Last Airbender, the live-action shitty one, who actually plays Aang, he's in there as a little cowboy kid. You do have a scene where uh, Clancy Brown teaches uh, Sam Rockwell how to use a rifle. Okay, that I would show, I would show up just for that just movie. for that, yeah. And you get Sam Rockwell as this, like, kind of, like, little... 
I forgot Sam Rockwell's a little ba- in it. bartender and a little beer. I will watch anything with Sam Rockwell. It's worth it just for Sam Rockwell. Because he's all like, I don't know how to shoot a gun. What are you doing? He's almost a little bit like his character in Galaxy Quest. Where he's like, I don't know what's going on. What's this? And Clancy Brown's like, here's how you fire a gun. He's Clancy Brown's a priest, and he's all badass and shit like that. He's good at being badass priests. It's got, you know, it's got What's-Her-Name-From-Tron, like, bug-eyed chick, and she's kind of boring. <laughs> it's got a Harrison Ford as the quote-unquote villain, which is kind of interesting. And his voice, they, like, his voice sounds like, every once in a while, it slips into his register, almost like Tom Waits' register, where he's like, rah, 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 rah. And eh, that was kind of interesting. But yeah, as soon as the alien chick kicks in, the aliens, like, you actually start meeting the aliens. The aliens are just, like, big, hairless monkey guys with spikes on their hands that are just, like, the most generic art shit you could ever imagine. They're not, like, the technology they use is all kind of steampunky, so it's not even that futuristically. Mm. It's, even the clash of the alien stuff with the, with the, uh, the, uh, the cowboy stuff is not even that interesting because the alien stuff is already so steampunky that it's not, like... Well, I guess they couldn't make it too overpowered. Yeah, because otherwise there wouldn't be a story, so they, yeah, yeah, so it's kind of like underpowered, older-style aliens, where everything they have seems to run on, like, motor fuel, and they can fly and stuff like that, but they don't necessarily have, like, lasers. They have these weird energy weapons that kind of, like, shoot portions of energy out, but it's not, like, it's, it's not, like, a War of the Worlds or anything like that. Oh, the big crux! Spoilers for Aliens, Cowboys, and Aliens. Uh, aliens are on Earth to steal all the planet's gold. It's, it's kind this, of adorably western-y, though. It is adorably western, but Josh and I are like, what sense does that make? And that, to be fair, it's in the movie... It's an alien invasion! To be fair, Harrison Ford's character in the movie goes, like, what the hell do they need with gold? They gotta spend it? They never explain what they need the gold for. It's an alien suggestion! Josh and I are like... Well, I guess they can they can use it as a semiconductor or anything like For that. For all you know, gold? they can eat it. They're aliens. I know. And it's do just not. Just like, do not. I find the actions of this alien, non-earthly <laughs> culture to be incomprehensible. But they're aliens. Tron Lady is so boring. She's all that, oh, oh, diaphanous, and I got a big chicken McNugget head. And well, she and Daniel Craig are good, though, because they're both non-English speaking people. Or, uh, no, wait, she's Irish, and he's English? English or whatever, they're not, they're, they're not American, and they actually, you wouldn't mm. think they were not American. Uh, but that was, we watched that, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which you still haven't seen? Nope. I think you'd like that, it got monkeys doing cute stuff. I, well, see, I, I, I really hate, it's got James um, Franco. I hate James Franco. I hate James Franco. I hate James Franco Malfoy. I hate James Franco as much as anyone else. Draco Malfoy is deplorable in that movie. Uh, to be fair, I already saw Planet of the Apes uh, when I, we were at PAX. I got a little bit drunk off of, I had a $30 steak and a whole thing of Mike's Hard Lemonade right before going to the theater, and I saw it by myself. Had a great fucking time. That's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, Caesar, the computer-generated monkey played by Andy Serkis, is actually really well put together. I keep hearing that, like, that it's a really good film, and I'll watch it at some point. Yeah, the story's actually pretty good. And I'm, I've been slowly watching movies. Like, I actually also watched Captain America this week. How was that? It's actually very cute. Oh, you guys kept on harping on Twitter about it. Oh my god, it looks just like Star Wars. No. It's like the guy who directed it. It's the guy who designed no, 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 no. all the stuff not, Star Wars. Well, okay, yeah, Hydra is totally the Empire. Like, like Oh, you mean like story-wise and character-wise no, it's all Star Wars? Structurally. Oh, okay, yeah. Structurally, it's Star Wars. There's a whole sequence where they're, um, they're doing racing on motorbikes through the forest. And leading up to a, um, a, a, a hunkered camp compound built into the earth. I yeah. mean, it's totally... And it's at the end, so it's like the Battle of Frendor at the end. The whole movie, you need to watch it just for the... I mean, because it's not, like, explicit, like, this is Star Wars. Yeah. But it's just, like... But it's enough. Hitting the same resonant frequency as Star Wars. I don't have throughout. to watch that. I'm very curious. It's cute. That's saying I did Rocketeer, so I'm going to try to... You know what? Actually, I need to watch, because it's only on iTunes. I could just run it from there. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Thor was cute. 
and and Captain America is like a step up from Thor. And oh, Thor. okay, it's, it's a step down. In I, I I thought I found the characters weirdly more relatable in Thor than I did in this, but um, no, it's cute. Or it's ridiculous. Um, I'll watch anything set around World War II. So. Then we watch Return to 36 Chamber of Shaolin, which is a fucking great kung fu movie. This is, uh, it's starring Gordon Liu, who uh-huh. uh, played Pai Mei yeah. and uh, Johnny Mo Crazy, from yeah. uh, Kill Bill. And this is one of the first uh, film roles he had after the original Return to 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Uh, this is the, the quasi-sequel, which actually has nothing to do with the original film movie. It's all about this uh, bunch of workers at this textile mill who are being taken advantage of by their overlords. Their overlords keep on cutting their pay and, and making the uh, workers work harder and harder. And so they find this actor guy, and they're like, oh man, you should totally pretend to be this crazy Shaolin monk who threatened to kick everyone's asses if, if, if we don't get our pay back and if they don't start treating us nicely. And so he shows up, and uh, he pretends to be this uh, Shaolin monk, and it turns out he fucks up, and the overlords of this textile, uh, textile mill essentially run him out of town. And in order to make up for him uh, making things even worse for the people at the textile mill, he decides to actually go to a real Shaolin temple and learn uh, Kung Fu for real. And, but he's a total misfit even at the Shaolin temple because he's a total schmo because he's this actor guy who doesn't ever, never actually wants to do hard work. And so he learns Kung Fu by they make him just like he they, they make him kind of like rebuild part of the, the temple up by the roofs. And so he has to build this little, uh, uh, what's it called when, uh, you have the little sticks you stand on when you're building stuff. Scaffolding. He builds this little the scaffolding. Little sticks you stand on. Yeah, and so he's like learning. He's like, well, like he spends like a whole year just watching everyone else train, but he's not allowed to train with them because no one likes him. But then he learns because he teaches himself kung fu because he's just kind of like aping what everyone else is doing downstairs. And he actually does learn kung fu. He teaches himself kung fu. I like fu. that that you'll accept in a film, but aliens wanting gold you about it. This, this is man. If you saw this movie, this movie's retarded. It don't give a shit about no luck. <laughs> and then he runs back and kicks the shit out. Literally kicks the shit. Not well, not literally. And that shit is flying out of people. But he kicks the shit out of all the bad guys at the textile mill. It's great because the movie ends with like a twenty-minute fight scene at this, at this construction site, which I realize is also uh, uh, didn't realize was a huge influence on Drunken Master Two because there's a whole fight scene that's very similar to this later on. Uh, in Dragon Master 2, but uh, he does beat the, uh, beat up the bad guys. And the last line of the movie is him just, him just going up to the head of the text mill saying, you'll give them back their money, right? And the guy's like, yes! And it just goes, the end. There's no, like, denouement where he, like, goes back and talks to the people working at the text mill and says, I'm sorry. He just, it's like a video game. He does what he sets out to do, and it's just the end. Presented by Shaw Brothers. It was very hilarious. We laughed our asses up. We had a good time watching that shit. You need to watch more Kung Fu movies. You're good. Uh, again, nutrients I do not glean. Yes. Yeah. I love and respect you guys for loving Especially Folia. I think Folia would be more into that stuff because she loves Kill Bill so much. But so much of that for her like is like Zoe Bell and Quentin Tarantino and not the no, Kung Fu stuff. No, not even just that. I mean, like, we're, we're both stunt nerds. Like, yeah. I enjoy the athleticism of it, but that'll only get me so far. Although, uh, Gordon Liu's doing most of his stuff in the yeah. 36 Chamber of movies. Cool. He's a sprightly motherfucker. Um, yeah, I'm about halfway through, through Skyward Sword. That, oh man, I was, I've been talking about this before, about how the beginning of that game was terrible. Like, the first three or four hours are just deplorable, where, like I said, the game, Nintendo just assumes that you've never played a video game before. When was the last time you had a good time playing Wii? (sighs) I actually like parts of Twilight Princess. Didn't necessarily love it, but it was playable. Six years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why I sold my Wii. Animal Crossing was fun for a while. It was also the exact same game you'd played two times No, but before. it actually does get better. Well, the crazy part in Skyward Sword, there's this part where you get to this desert mm-hmm. that's filled with time crystals, and you hit the crystals, and suddenly rewinds to 
This is weird because Skyward Sword is supposed to be—it's supposed to be the first game in the whole Zelda chronology. Mm-hmm. Although, even though it's the first game, it—they uh, keep on talking about how this ancient civilization has already risen and fallen within the world. And so, uh, throughout the game, you'll find like all pieces of technology and robots That's and shit. And this time crystal—you hit the time crystals, and within a certain circumference of area around the time crystal, will warp back. To like like thousands of years when the robots and everything were still working, and plants were it, like infesting all the uh, parts of the desert and stuff like that, and it's just very cool. Where like there are parts where a time crystal will be in a minecart, and the area of effect where it's turning everything backwards in time will move, and you have to keep up with it, and will change parts of the environment. You have to like swing through vines and stuff like that. It's just very cool. Uh, the game is getting a lot better. Uh, motion controls are still kind of funky because uh, the game still really should have a second thumbstick because sometimes we'll be getting, t- get, getting attacked from something from behind. It's hard to move the camera around and stuff yeah. like that. Also, the design of the game is also... It's interesting because they went to a very Miyazaki place with the design of a lot of the big enemies and stuff like that. Very kind of creepy designs for... Zelda games, enemies have always kind of been, been big and kind of goofy looking. In this, they're a lot more abstract. And yeah, it almost looked like something from a Miyazaki game. Hmm. Like, I ran into this one part of the game where you uh, talk to a water dragon. The water dragon is this very big thing, kind of very Asian, with kind of like Asian robes and stuff like that. Mm. And there's this big, very Miyazaki-esque thing where you fight this giant, uh, skilled, almost like, almost like one of the rat creatures from Bone, but mm. it's like made of black, inky scales and stuff like that. That's kind of Miyazaki-esque. And now I'm in this big, uh, Buddhist, almost, it's almost like the, uh, the bats from, uh, spirited away a little bit, oh, really? but more Chinese rather than Japanese. Huh. And so it's really interesting to see Nintendo embrace its kind of like Asian heritage through a Zelda game, through the design of uh, some of the environments and characters. But yeah, that game is getting better. Uh, just a really slow start, but it's it's actually starting to pick up. And I'm, I'm about halfway through. And it's it's actually fun to play now rather than before. I was having to uh, eat a lot of shit just to get from one part to the other in the game. That's been fun. Oh, this week they also announced, uh, speaking of the week, Epic Mickey 2. Didn't that? Didn't the first Epic Mickey sell oh, two bomb. copies? It's a total bomb. Well, this one is going to be multi-platform. It's going to be on the ah. Wii Two, but now it's going to be on three sixty. Ah. And supposedly so it'll sell three copies. So well, supposedly it's got a co-op where you can play as Mickey or Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah. Going back to Disney stuff. Um, speaking of which, oh yeah, did we even mention that this week's podcast is going to be a Pinocchio podcast eventually? Guess what? Surprise, everybody! We're going to talk about Pinocchio. We're going to talk about there. Pinocchio. So just build it with his list. Well, I've talked ten minutes. You talked for half an hour. I didn't hour. know that that was me. I didn't like know that was me. I don't like taking over. I thought we were having a fucking conversation. Oh, you're just talking to me. You're like look, look, checking your email while yeah. talking to you. Well, what do I have to say about Zelda? I, yeah, I guess what else I did this week. Spanish community. I'm going to talk for 20 minutes about that. <laughs> community is good. You should watch it. The end. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, never mind the uh, uh, Chevy Chase parts. Um... Oh, I couldn't understand my writing. Uh, Knights of the or no, not what's the Star, Star Wars, Wars MMO? They announced that they're going to try to make uh, put out a Mac version very soon. Man, that's going to be dangerous. Are you going to want to play it? Because yeah. man, Emily Carroll has been uh, playing. That. I've seen a lot of people playing online. They said it's actually pretty good. Not that it's that much different from from Lord of the or World of Warcraft, but 
It's just, you know, Star Wars and it's more fun. What was actually, well, I mean, A, I'll always start for Star Wars. Yeah. B, what, you know, like, um, uh, Tycho from Panera Arcade said that, um, it's like, it's a art, it's a MMO where he plays and he feels the need to end, hit quick save. Yeah. So it's like, it's like emotionally, psychologically, it plays like a single player game. Yeah. And I don't know, I've talked before about how I have an addictive personality. I'm terrified of it. Because I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I I, I love Star Wars. If I can convince my wife to play it with me, then I would never stop playing it. That's what I'm scared of. Yeah. What would you play as? You play a Jedi. No, I wouldn't be a fucking Jedi. Would you be a Twilight Sith? (laughs) (laughs) Can I be? Can I be a Wookiee bounty hunter? Uh, I'm not quite sure what races you can be. That would be a bitch not to be a Wookiee. You think? Yeah. Why? Oh man. Well, it's like when I read about World of Warcraft. I'm like, why would not be a giant cow? Come on. You can't be a cow. Now you can be a giant panda. Exactly. Oh, we watched uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, speaking of which. Was it any good? It was actually pretty, it was produced by Guillermo del Toro, which blew my Seriously? mind. Seriously? He's got Gary Oldman as the villain? What? It's got a weird prestige to it. I actually didn't like it as much as the first. It's okay. It was well, the a first bit, one like... was so surprising in that it was any good. Yeah, this second one, it tries a little too hard to be too dark. Oh, and it's Guillermo not bad, but it's also, it's also really long for an animated movie. It's like over two hours it's long. It's Guillermo del Toro. And so, it's, it's, it's pretty, but anyway... Uh, and the last thing is, originally my note read, half of Joystick is gone, and Brian Crescente oh, yeah. left Kotaku, which we found out this morning, this has actually been rumored for, uh, ever since this happened, was they have all left to join, uh, a sister site of TheVerge.com, which is an up-and-coming uh, tech website. Uh, they're, this new gaming website that these guys have formed is temporarily called Vox Games. I'm excited because I need a game that's 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 fa- a gaming site that's less that, that's faster than Joystick and less execrable than Kotaku. Yeah. Well, did you see Brian Crescenti's not even in charge of the site? It's a, it, supposedly what happened was the Verge went to uh, Chris Grant, who was the head guy at Joystick, and said, yeah. "Hey, we're gonna give you carte blanche. Would you like to do a site for us?" And so supposedly he went out and he poached uh, Brian Crescenti mm-hmm. and took half the Joystick staff with him. Yeah. And they actually have some one-up guys and, uh, and stuff too. So that'll yeah. be interesome what happens with that. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, because the I'm world ready could definitely for a different gaming website. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because that really kind of guts both the two leading uh, b- gaming blog sites, Kotaku and Joystick. Well, yeah. Kotaku lost its head. There's still most of the people there are still there. It's just Brian Crescenti left. But like Joystick lost. Most of it's, like, key yeah. people that people are really familiar with, like yeah. uh, Justin McElroy and, and uh, Griffin McElroy yeah. and Chris Grant. And, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Of course, by the time half people are listening to this, the website will probably have launched. That's I it. don't know. I asked Justin McElroy on Twitter when it's coming, and he just said 2012. No, okay. Well, I'm sure they're still like building it from the ground up because looking at what they're hiring. It sounds for, like hiring for like this sounds like programmers. this just happened in the last week because I'm also friends with Arthur Geese, who's one of the guys who got pillaged from uh, Joystick, and uh, less than a week ago he's posting on Twitter like, "Oh shit, 2011's not done with its surprises yet," and I was like, "What what's up?" And he just tweeted back like, "You'll hear about it in a week or so." But it sounds like he got the news that this happened. Just like it's not like this has been long in planning. This sounds like this just happened last week. Right, Kasente has been like withdrawing more and more from Kotaku. I think that they got he got the, like the major heads hunted. Maybe, and then, and yeah, because they're still hiring in general. Yeah, because Arthur Geese, he's just a reviewer editor. Oh, not just, but you know, he's not yeah. like one of the like the the decision makers. But yeah, so yeah, they'll be interesting to see what happens with Fox. There's definitely a void. I mean, honestly, what I'm I hope they become is rock paper shotgun for consoles. 
That's what it, that would be Which, my perfect. Well, I've heard of Rock Paper Shotgun. What is Rock Paper Shotgun? Rock Paper Shotgun is a is a PC centric site, but their thing is, is it's good writing. And it's, um, they're, they're not always talking about what's up and coming. Yeah. Like some oh, okay, most, that's nice when it's Yeah, some of the most interesting not just articles news. I've read on, on Rock Paper Shotgun have been where they're playing a game from 2007 that came out from obscure Slavic country. Okay. You know, it's like, it's like interesting, it's more about the experiences of gaming and the stories that you tell. Yeah, I hope games. this is not just a blog like Kotaku or Joystick where it's just news, news, news. I'm fine with news. I well, just no, want... news is fine, but it'd be nice if they, if they do have features. Yeah. I'm ready for insightful commentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, news. Yeah, because gaming is. It, it, I get tired of the, the the grist mill of what is coming because it's so easy to fall into that with gaming and with any with any media. You know, you with, with especially with movies and games. It's yeah. all about. It's not about what has come in the past. It's about what is happening now and what is happening next. Yeah. And it's nice to have that. And it, it, when you look back, it's always to worship something in the distant past. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like that sort of thing. So I'm, 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 I'm optimistic based on nothing other than I want something that's not a joystick. Speaking of shit in the distant past, do you have any, any interest in playing uh, Raymond Origins? Nope. Okay. It was just on, on sale. what we. No, it's on uh, it's on all the systems. Oh, is it on all yeah, the it's systems? On, yeah, it's on 360. That I play. Yeah. Uh, it's it, like that just came out less, like it's just like two beautiful. or three weeks ago. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. have you seen the videos? It's yeah, really gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's on sale for on Amazon for thirty bucks yesterday. Wow. And I was tempted to get, but I was like, man, even thirty bucks. I still have. Not, I've barely scratched Skyrim's only halfway through Skyrim. I still Skyrim. haven't played Assassin's Creed. What's wrong with me? I know. I'm starting Bruce Shepard on Assassin's Creed. I've played, I've played four Assassin's minutes Creed. of Forza Four. Batman Arkham is, Arkham City is still in the plastic. Exactly. By the time I actually get around to the point where I can play uh, Raymond Origins, it'll be five dollars. It'll be a downloadable Xbox Live game <laughs> for for like thirty points. Is there anything else on your list, Bill? That's <laughs> right, smack me, <laughs> kick the shit out of you. This is our last boy hunting podcast. No, uh, we have coming up uh, right after the break. We have Erica Moen of. Uh, EricaMoen.com. I was going to try to make a joke about how she supports Suicide Girls or something like that, but no. Um, she, she we'll never... be talking about Pinocchio. Pinocchio. We didn't mention this before. This is our Pinocchio podcast. By the way, everybody, Pinocchio. And our, this is the second in our series of where we talk about Disney movies as we try to get through all the classic a- uh, animated Disney features. Join us, friends, on our journey through the Disney archives. ba When you wish upon a star, make no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too Pinocchio. All right, continuing our journey into the Disney archives, um, we again have our um, lovely friend Erica Moen, uh, a uh, uh, lovely cartoonist and general awesome lady, uh, Erica Moen, in to talk about uh, Disney's second uh, animated film from Pinocchio. Ni- 
It's from, is it 40? 1940, I think? I did no research, so I don't know what <laughs> year was it from. It's later. <laughs> and it's, it's a huge improvement. Yeah, it's a significant It's still not necessarily the most fun movie in the world to watch, but it actually actually feels like a movie rather than a bunch of random bullshit happening yes. For, yes. for an hour and a half. There's no 20-minute sequence for a bunch of adult men bathe. Yeah, so that guy. Which actually, I count as a strike against Pinocchio, <laughs> but... Really, what I've enjoyed most about um, this podcast about Pinocchio was, frankly, all the emails we sent about Pinocchio, because I learned how many ways you can misspell Pinocchio. <laughs> There's a lot of vowel over uh, consonants in that. Friends at home, here's how you spell Pinocchio. This is the only way I can remember. pin oak chio. <laughs> I think it's the only way I can remember. I guess it's like Italian for pine wood something bullshit. It's supposed to be some kind of weird Italian pun or something like that. It doesn't make sense to anybody. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's Italians! You know what? This movie's so remarkable. What are we talking about? The name Well, I'm just spell. saying, I think it's hilarious. No, I'm serious. In any given email, we would spell Pinocchio three different ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, even even two of the bad guys in the movie, they tried to spell Pinocchio, and they're like, P-I-N-U- Yeah, something, K. something. And everyone still ends up calling it Pinocchio anyway. Basically, we're racist against Italians. Uh, so, we're in agreement. That was actually pretty decent, if yeah. not great. That was a watchable film. That yeah. was solid. It was, that was makes me a little bit... children's film. That makes me a little mm-hmm. bit uh, happier about watching uh, Fantasia, which is next. Uh, why? I think Fantasia. Well, just because Snow White was so surprisingly bad. Wow. This is this is about, was about as funky as I spe- expected Snow White to be. Mm-hmm. And this actually has, even though it's even more episodic than Snow White, it, it, it's, it feels well, like a more cohesive story. To be fair, most It's not just a bunch of gags. Maybe you don't remember this because you haven't seen many of the Disney animated films. They're all episodic. All of <gasps> them are. <gasps> oh, shut up, you stupid man. <laughs> yeah, we're only, uh, technically we're only hop, skip, and a jump away from the 50s Disney movies, which everyone remembers. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, all that shit. I like how in not your Snow White. head, people just, like, obliterate half of Disney canon. <laughs> yeah, why? It's horrible. It's like, who the fuck knows about Dumbo? I'm like, most... Fuck <laughs> Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo is fucking elephant shit, drunk elephant shit, I racist crow. I like Dumbo at the time. I haven't seen it since it was on the Disney Channel when I was a kid. I'll have to watch it. I have not averse to watch it. We're going Dumbo. to watch it in the near future. And, uh... Just stop Bambi. Dumbo. Bambi is just kind of... Uh, Bambi is also a seminal Disney film. It's it so funny. You're like, there's half of Disney canon that you're like, no one knows about Bambi. Except for every American child under the age of seven. I'm talking about movies people give a shit about who aren't like weird, crazy, old Who aren't children? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking Bambi's the shit. A lot of children! Yeah! I I know! watching Bambi and being enchanted. Fuck Buffer! Bill, you need to stop acting like you rabbit. speak for the peak consumers of Disney films. Says the guy who hasn't seen two-thirds of it. Exactly! Disney it's just amazing. And what it cracks up is that you think that your Disney canon is general canon. Uh, it's kind of stunning. I think my Disney canon pretty much stops and ends with Mary Poppins. So, yeah, I'm the worst person. Just a bad way to go. So, yeah, what about this movie? Mar- uh, Pinocchio was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, artistically, it was beautiful. It was just yeah. stunning. Really, really and, beautiful. And, I mean, even as much as Snow White just left out of nowhere like the the artistic I mean the shit they were doing in well the character design is a little more modern it's it's a little bit closer towards what we everyone knows of Disney Snow White's Mm -hmm. skewed towards like the 1930s kind of like more almost getting towards a silent era kind of character design more round characters Mm -hmm. this has a little more like Pinocchio looks a little bit more like 
It's almost a little like the difference between old 1930s Mickey Mouse, where it was just like the blank round eyes, uh-huh. mm-hmm. versus like Fantasia era Mickey Mouse with like the rounder face. And more developed, yeah. exactly. It's got, the, like, characters, brow the characters in, in yeah. Pinocchio look more developed. The story is a little bit more mm-hmm. an actual story rather than yeah, just the edge. Even random... the rotoscoping improved. Yeah, like the, the Blue Fairy. Well, that's is the only... most realistic character in the whole thing. And, the, and she's bl- actually really well done. Yeah, Blue Fairy seems to be the only thing that's specifically rotoscoped. Like, like Geppetto obviously seems they got and, some. And that some, caravan. Like, oh yeah, yeah no, there's a great yeah, there's a great shot we noticed with the caravan where they obviously it looks xeroxed. Yeah, yeah they, what they probably did was since they didn't have xerox, they probably just yeah. took really high contrast black and white photographs. Yeah. Instead of even drawing it, it's well the the the, the caravan truck is mostly in shadow. It's the shot where the caravan truck is kind of like moving with, with away no from the camera. And, and Jimmy Cricket are escaping. Yeah, but it's you can tell up just photo. it's only like a like a like a two second shot, but you can tell it's actually yeah just a moving photograph. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's impressive. But oh, yeah, I mean, it works though. Unless you're really looking at it, you would never notice. The yeah, but no, like the, um, the I would say that the blue fairy because it's pretty obviously really heavily referenced, yeah. but it's much less like transparent tracing yeah. as it was in Snow White. It's very cl- clearly referenced. That's then you know tweaked. Cartoonified. It was yeah. funny because I was looking. Like, we got we were watching it on Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray is a great like hour-long documentary about the making of Pinocchio, and they showed oh. they, there's a lot of uh, uh, they show a lot of the actual. Uh, Photographic ref- uh, reference oh, film really? they took of oh, I love that like shit. the guy doing all the Jiminy Cricket stuff. The yeah. guy who, who uh, did all the performance stuff for Geppetto was actually they based who, who he actually did all the uh, the film reference they took for Geppetto, and they also actually based the guy's Geppetto's look off of that guy. So that guy is not only the voice of Geppetto, but he also did all the physical. Oh, kind of like reference for it, cool. and his face actually, he looks like that in real life. Hmm. So Geppetto was actually, they pretty much just took a real guy, That's just turned into a cartoon. But, uh, yeah, no, well, one thing that I thought good. was interesting about the Blue Fairy in particular is that it was, a lot of it was in the eyes. Yeah. Like, her eyes were were, were, were still kind of, like, cartoony. Yeah. Whereas, much more so than in Snow White, because it's all about the eyes and yeah. these characters. So, well done. Way to go, 1940 Walt Disney. Yeah. I would say it was a B. Yeah. That was a solid B. Solid B. It was interesting, though, that all, you cannot remember any of the songs in that, except yeah. for When You Wish Across the Star. Yeah. And, and you got, I got no strings. I forgot but still, that that's in there, but that. it's not memorable. Well, it's also interesting, because, yeah, When You Wish Upon a Star is now, like, the Disney theme, practically. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's not, like, it's Yeah, just, well, they play When You Wish Upon a Star in the opening, that clip of the castle that's played before. Oh, it's the, the beginning of every movie, yeah, yeah, exactly. so, like, of course we all know that one. Well, I guess yeah. you could say it was, like, the first genuine Honest God breakout musical hit in a Disney yeah, because none of the songs in Snow White are really interesting, except for Hi Ho. <laughs> Even that. Uh, yeah, that's just really kind of repetitive and stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's funny to watch the development of the Disney style over just these, even these two films where this, yeah. you got a little more recognizable song, you have a little more developed characters, mm-hmm. like, visually. Um, background paintings are, are fucking gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they, they, they seem to kind of waver between being watercolors and oil paints and stuff yeah. like that. Geppetto's, um, the, the, the set design of Geppetto's studio is mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, with all the clockwork and the toys and all that shit. All the little engraved stuff. Good shit. Like, even in the hearth, it has two twin iron dogs in the hearth. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just... And irons. Yeah. It's fucking a lot of detail. It's yeah, good. and I like in the background you could see a Snow White or no, not Snow White. Uh, uh, the two books. Oh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah, and when Peter Pan. Actually, right. The opening yeah. shot of the film yeah. is uh, Jiminy Cricket singing, yeah. uh, "My shit's all fucked up." <laughs> and he's sitting on shit. It is all fucked up. And yeah, no, he's sitting on a bunch of books. Yeah, in the background, it's, it's Peter Pan and, yeah. and Alice in Wonderland. The two books behind him. 
Um, it's almost like animation like... films take a lot of time to develop. <laughs> well, the book actually right beneath him is At- Atlas Shrugged. I, that's the one that continuing on, on um, yeah no I forgot also <laughs> about um, figure of the cat is really great yeah and it's funny uh, to watch oh fuck you I it's that. funny to watch this film because when I, I did not I did not become a cat person until recent years and I'm like oh it's like a kitty cat exactly. so <laughs> fuck you Bill and um, Cleo the fuckable fish yes Cleo oh, that is yeah a she's fish. the Jessica Robert fish <laughs> she, was, she kind she of just loved lips. Yeah. yeah she had a dick sucking lip she did she got <laughs> DSO that on that fish that's well, you right know, you know Figaro is you know when Chicago's not looking that made me uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> I was surprised at how lecherous Jiminy Cricket was he was hitting up all the yeah. female shaped things all the little carved devices in Geppetto's um, uh, thing. I'm just saying, if you took like a UV light in there afterwards. <laughs> There's all these little tiny cricket splotches. <laughs> when you're a hobo cricket, like, how much action do you get? You know? You're saying that cricket beggars can't be cricket users. <laughs> <laughs> that what it boils down to. I liked his little spats throughout, and yeah. the, like, his shoes are all blown out, and he, like, his little toes are sticking I out. I don't think Jimmy Cricket is more, he was a little more closely to, like, later Disney design than. Even like Figaro or the Fish, which were more like 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 nineteen thirties, nineteen twenties kind of Disney. Yeah. Oh man, the most hilarious part of the movie for me is when Figaro goes hilariously off model. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so and he's like trying to sleep, and he up. looks like he's been smoking yes. pot or something. Yes. He doesn't look sleepy as much as he looks like brain damage. <laughs> His face just keeps going horrible. Uh, oh man, what is it like the fucking Honest John? Do that one. Honest John the Fox and his weird ball sack cat face um, partner. Uh, who is Bill Cat from? from yeah, Blue he is. Like, build transparently build a cat. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I, again, on the Disney special features, they were talking about, like, that little build-a-cat partner that he has mm-hmm. was originally voiced by Mel Blanc, and, so, like, at the last minute, I guess they cut all the dialogue for the character. All of you listeners so who are mute. not nerds, Mel Blanc was the voice of most of the Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. Like, pretty much every Looney Tunes cartoon. And this character. is the one time Disney ever contracted Mel Blanc to do something, but then they cut all of his lines anyway, so the character's essentially mute. Which would have been weird to hear Mel Blanc's voice yeah. in a Disney cartoon. Yeah. Jesus. Well, it's just like with Woody Woodpecker. You know, it's like, it's funny how Woody Woodpecker, um, uh, the original Woody Woodpecker laugh yeah. was Mel Blanc. Oh, in fact, was it? Mel Blanc, in, this is your Portland connection, Mel Blanc grew up in this neck of the woods, uh-huh. and he came up with Woody Woodpecker's laugh running down the hallways of his school, because he liked how that laugh echoed in oh, the Oh, that's hall. really cool. So he developed wow. that laugh. Aww. And they, I think they hired him to do the voice of Woody Woodpecker. He did the laugh. They immediately fired him, and then it's like the animator's wife doing that laugh. Oh yeah, oh. but that's mobile. Oh, so it's not even they wow. kept the kept the, the that recording the laugh. They yeah. just had someone do it similarly, exactly. like another person. So oh, basically, okay. Mel Blanc was shafted by every animation studio in Hollywood that was not Warner Brothers. Man, no. But speaking of poor bitches being abused, man, the in the in, in fucking Snow White. I thought you were the one taking notes of this movie. Yeah. I did. I have a list. Bill, suck on that. No, um, the uh, all the 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 not shadowing per se, but the dimensionality they added to the characters with mm-hmm. um with like um, like rosy cheeks and like both yeah, the a and the cat. There's almost like a, and, and and with I think Gideon is his name of the Bill the Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there like has like a like a, almost a, a colored pencil sort of quality. Yeah. To like the, the, to give texture. Yeah, I don't know how much of that is airbrushing versus just dry brush paints. Yeah. Uh, shading and stuff like flicker. that. Like, yeah. It stays so consistent. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, those poor whatever those poor ladies in the ink paint department mm-hmm. they were doing their job. Well, well, there's also a lot of moody shadowing too, because so much yeah. like especially in Geppetto shop where it's all just lit by that one yeah. fireplace. It's a kind of dramatic lighting and. 
Yeah, it's a really moody movie. It's another very kind of like gothic kind of movie. Oh uh, man, and like Disney all the movie. narrative elements of that film. Jesus Lord, so you have kidnapping, mm-hmm. and you have little boys yes. drinking and smoking. Man, Pleasure Island's the shit. Pleasure Island, Pleasure Island does not seem like a terribly sustainable I love- business model. No. <laughs> So it's like we're gonna lure all these children um, into this giant amusement park, multi-billion-dollar amusement park. They're yeah, destroy the world. Yeah, they rebuild all the beer and cigars they want. There's a whole food, brand new mansion food. that they have just for the kids to destroy. The destruction which they would seem to have to rebuild after every night. Well, dude, at the end of the night at Pleasure Island, everything is destroyed. Like, and how much money do you just get? So the donkeys? Can, just so they can <laughs> turn them into donkeys and sell them to the circus. And what money are they making off of that? Yeah, a good amount. You know, if you okay, say you're this guy, the evil British guy who has the power to turn people into donkeys for no reason. Why don't you just turn them directly into money? Cut <laughs> out the money man. That's it. Do you think he got that sack to pay off on his John? I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I just wanted to. I don't have anything to add about this. I forgot that the uh, Stromboli was a horrible racist caricature. Oh yeah. Well, he's kind of we got a Jewish he's gypsy kind of, like, kind of Italian. Of? Let's put it in this guy. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of rolled in a bunch of racial stereotypes and made one uber racial stereotype. Big dark mysterious yeah. big lip he's, weirdo. He's so kind of generically offensive. It's hard to be like, am I upset? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. It's not just like oh. It's a black guy. It's just no, swarthy it was, dude. That's yeah. really what it boils down to. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised he's not also considered a Spaniard or something like that at the same time. You know, time. there was probably some of that in there, too. It's like in World War One um, propaganda art, where it's just like the generic other that's menacing America. Yeah! That's basically what it's it is. It's Well, when he first came on, I watched him for a few seconds, and then I turned to, to these guys, and I was like, is this racist? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not offended. He's just a gypsy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's the personification of some kind of weird cultural phobia, yeah. but we don't know exactly he's, what he's it not, is. It's yeah. not even America. American. That's Generic, all I know. like if you like quote unquote like racist gypsy attributes, he doesn't really have per se. No, yeah. no, no. You know? He's just too dark and swarthy. Yeah. Just generic offensive. All I know is that he scares me. <laughs> He's from a foreign land. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, what I thought was interesting, and I didn't really realize until watching this, is that the whole thing with Pleasure Island is it literally is like kind of a crucible to kind of boil the boys into the ultimate assholes. Yeah, and literally by being this. Pure, pure jackass, you become a jackass. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah. It's it's like a, a like a And that's why Pinocchio only becomes a little bit of a jackass. That's it that's it. Because he realizes too late. He's I never like, really oh. thought about that morally, because then he yeah. understands and then he throws himself off. Because I always thought it was just him throwing himself off the island. That's what it seems to be. And that's a good point, actually. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. And that's I, what he, and that's it's like a pressure cooker of, saying, of like, sin. Exactly. Like, you're a jackass. That's what they mean. Like, literally. Oh. This whole movie is like, so... It's just ah. no, here's what we've learned. If you don't go to school, um, a generic No one really does make it to school in this movie. If you are a jackass, you will become a jackass. Yeah. It's really, you and know... And you can survive for months inside of a whale. That's what we also learned, because the inside of a whale is a largely um, empty, um, basically balloon. And oxygenated. Um, it's a meat balloon, yeah. There's um, a spine and some ribs going on, and a little bit of water. Oh, yeah. We learned from Pinocchio is that whales are angry. They have, uh, <laughs> they three, have teeth. They have teeth the size yeah. of a house. And they just, hate, they just hate old men and their little boys. <laughs> and Arbitrarily, more than eating yeah. fish, they want to eat old men. Yeah. Pretty much. Old Italian men. Pretty much. Um, but yeah. The donkey shit is freaky. Man, I forgot how much that scared me. Well, I forgot about, like, I forgot this movie has any of that until Dylan. I I was telling Dylan we were watching this, she's like, oh man, the donkey shit. I'm like, what donkey shit? She's like, you'll see! (laughs) No, because I remember what scared me the most was that not just that, um, what's his name, Lampwick 
becomes a donkey, but then he loses all control. Yeah. Like, it's that, that total loss, because he, like, he becomes an animal. Like, yeah, he's kicking, kicking stuff everything around, over, yeah. and it's just scary. Well, like it's that. also weird, because then it's like, some, some of the boys lose their ability to talk, and they mm-hmm. kind of get sorted, and it's all kind of like... Well, because maybe, like, maybe there is, a, like, a logic to this. Maybe, like, Pinocchio, they gain a shred, they keep Well, that's actually a good point, depending oh, on there. The one that could talk was remorseful. He yeah. yeah. He wanted yeah. to yeah. Look at this. They thought about this shit. What they didn't think about was that the creepy British guy randomly has hairy, shadowy thug people. I know, but yeah. that, that guy's like, I would assume the British guy with the red coat, maybe he's Satan, and he maybe that's his forces Satan of darkness. Yeah, yeah, when he's talking to Honest John, and he's like, oh, well, fuck up those other children. I mean, he has, like, he has shadow goblins working for him. It's scary shit. Like, I'm glad they didn't dwell on that. I'm surprised that that's not what I remember from watching this movie mm-hmm. as a child, because I remember our I'm gonna be a donkey that's scary and the fucking whale. That's what I remember from that film. Yeah. Everything else is just kind of shadowy. Oh, so good job, Walt. And uh, something that Annie actually pointed out, but I'm gonna say it now and pretend like I came up with it. <laughs> good job. Thank you. Um, but the, the opening scene where the camera's going through the little village mm-hmm. and, and Annie pointed out that it's almost exactly like in Beauty and the Beast. That must have been a total homage. It's to very much so, Beast. yeah. Reminds you of Bonjour. 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 Hey, bitch. Is yes. she on the way to the library or something in like that? I think this is supposed to be a reader. She's a bookseller. Bookseller? Yeah. yeah. She's getting rid of her books? It's a tiny little town. They don't have a fucking library. What, Benjamin Franklin? Like, hey, bitch, open library. In France. In France. <laughs> well, he did like France, to be fair. But anyway, no. To be fair, pleasure, when, when Pinocchio is on Pleasure Island... It's kind of a step up to be half, because he's just a wooden guy. He's trying to come boy. The way he's half donkey. He, so at least he's half alive. He has half a soul at that point. <laughs> That's right. It's half a donkey, a donkey soul. soul. <laughs> That's better than no soul. It's yeah, something. you think, you know. So it's like, okay, because he has wooden Is it better body? to reign in hell than serve in heaven? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it better? That's exactly what I was thinking. Bill, word for word. Yeah. <laughs> Is it better to die a donkey than live forever and ever, presumably, as a weird living uh, genitalless boy? Wooden <laughs> they boy. don't know that he's genitalless. Well, this is they true. Never show he has us no that. bulge, so maybe, you know, oh man, what if he had a vagina? I'm not. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep talking. Okay, so, ultimately, oh. I think that Pinocchio was let, would be less unsettling as a little donkey than he would be as a little boy, because he's kind of creepy as a little boy. Yeah, it's kind of well, he looks like a baby because you think he's got a baby face. Yeah, he's got a baby face. He's like baby proportion. I thought he was just going to turn into him without the joints. You know what's yeah. funny is I've been reading um, Fable Town by. Uh, have you guys read that at all? Is Fables? this not Fables? Oh, Fables. Sorry. Oh yeah, okay, Fables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vertigo comic series, and and it's really focused on Geppetto and Pinocchio. Yeah. Geppetto is ultimately the big bad. Spoilers. In... And uh, and I just every really time why? Pinocchio, oh, it's it's a well because he's a puppet master. You That's stupid. Dude, welcome to Fable. <laughs> anyway. And now my view of Pinocchio is the Pinocchio that's in Fables. And what's, so, what's what's he doing in Fables? Ass. He's evil. I mean, well, he's in the original ever. story by Carlo Collodi, he is a just he's an unrepentant shithead. That's the gist of the original oh, yeah, story. Right. And this one he just turns into an innocent boy who doesn't know right from wrong. The original one, he's like, yeah, he smashes uh uh Jimmy Cricket with a hammer. <laughs> Like, Jimmy Cricket shows up for two seconds and saying, hey, what a bit? Oh, oh crunch. Speaking of hammers, yeah. when the credits were rolling in the beginning, I couldn't help but notice there was somebody who worked on the movie named Four. I yeah. thought that was great. Yeah. There's also T. He, which and always crashes. There's a dude's name was T. Period. I've seen his drawings. He's fantastic. 
Um, no, it's like, it's interesting, because there's, this happens, and we were talking a little bit about this, this happens in Beauty and the Beast, when you get so used to Beast, and this character is Beast, and with animation, who, what they look like is who they are. Yeah. But it can be really unsettling when they become something else. Is he unattractive when he turns into human? Yes. He's, he's, he's yes. a big, <laughs> yes. big blonde meat bag, but oh, that's not blonde? the point. He looks yeah. like Fabio. He does oh, that's but beyond that, that's is that you've, you've 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 bonded with this character, yeah. this concept of this character, and then it becomes something is else. Is Beast hot creepy. as Beast though? Yes. That this is what I've always said. <laughs> all the girls I've ever known in my I, life who have complained about Beast not being hot before suggest you know, that he be Beast I know. beef. Beef. It's funny to hear people complain about how he's not hot as a human. Well, I'm like, well, that means he was it's, hot as beast. Yes. And they're like, and yeah, people go like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't no, say, but yes. Listen, when this movie came out in theaters, which, which was movie? Beauty and the Beast, what, yeah. what year was that? 92? She must have been like 91, 92 or something. Okay. Maybe 91. I remember coming out of that with would... my, my, my friend, female friend, and we both were very adamant about how he was hot as a beast, but not as a human. And neither of us wound up being furries. So <laughs> that's everyone, that. everyone as a child at some point is a furry. That's all it boils <laughs> down to. We uh, all, you know, so let's just don't move beyond it. We just accept the characters as they are. It's not see, a that's what it it's is. It's not like, oh, that's a fox. It's like, that's Robin Hood. And yeah. also, it's, it was 1991 when Beauty and the Beast came out. I think also. I always like, miss the twentieth anniversary of this. So no. much of so much of and like these sort of children's film or and and being these is like accepting who you are and like, you know, becoming a good person and blah blah blah. And then it's weird that when like the perfection of that is becoming something other than yourself. Yeah. Or it's like yes, it's quote unquote your true self, but it's mm-hmm. still there's part of it that always rings false. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, that's well, the part where we talk well, about the movie being, that's 50 years being comfortable, being, after well, this. Well, being com- comfortable with your corrupted version of yourself, too. That That's part of, like, the yeah. movies and stuff, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but, yeah. Does anyone else have anything to say about Pinocchio? Pinocchio uh, was watchable. It's good. Yeah, it was watchable. The fact that it was watchable, not maybe not fantastic, is makes me really happy about watching future Disney movies. It is one of those movies that between all the creepy elements and then the alcohol consumption and the smoking, it's like, I'm so surprised that some sort of weirdo fundamentalist hasn't gone after I'm this. I'm surprised this wasn't edited for, like, Blu-ray or something yeah. like that. Because you have yeah. kids drinking and smoking and, yeah. yeah. Well, even the fact that smoking is such a regulated thing now, especially for yeah. this cartoon. I mean, even Geppetto smokes. Mm-hmm. He's got all this. Yeah. Oh, he gets you fucked know. up before bed. <laughs> That's what the cat's watching him get. Anyway, he gets so stoned anyway. he forgets to open the window and he has to get the cat to I, do it. I like how he's right next to the window and then he makes the cat I just to lift up on the floor, crawl up on Geppetto's bed, and then crawl up to go get to the window and open it. Like, come on, Geppetto. That's why we have cats, right? To do our bidding. Smart cat. cats. I mean, my cats make my bed every morning. I'd like to think the cat was also a puppet that also had to go through a whole ordeal to become a real. Like, this is a fish. He's always sculpting shit and he's always like, oh Jesus, we can just make this thing a real thing because I don't have to get up at night and close the fucking window I, no more. If, that, if that's true, uh, he's already gone through three designs, none of which were female women. I think that's already happened a couple times. They just refused to like, so left immediately. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck is this? As soon as they gain sentience, they're out of there. That's it. So yeah, Blue Bear shows up like Jesus Christ again. <laughs> I, don't I like the idea that he's worked through all the other deities and like magical forces. Like Jesus did the fish, okay? Easter Bunny was last fish year. Stick, exactly. It's like Buddha Thor, exactly. You know, it's like all this. He's shit. like, okay, something called a blue fairy. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I'm just gonna show. No, like, some vague Dutch, Irish. <laughs> 
like Italian deities. I did like the, the generic ethnicity of this film. Yeah. Well, again, in, in the special features, they talk about how it's supposed to be Italy as designed by, I think the guy who designed the movie was like Dutch or something yeah. like that. Oh. And like, there's enough multicultural, uh, multicultural people on the staff that like, yeah. The aesthetic got wrong through so many different nationalities. It kind of turned into it a big works. European blend. It, exactly. It's perfect because that's the Americans, that's America's view of what Europe is like. Yeah, where it's just a vague cartoony Disney just exactly. like, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Little wooden houses. That's right. With, with like chimneys and stuff. Animals carved into everything. Because aside from the names, you wouldn't have no idea that's supposed to be specifically Italy. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. All you know, it's old ass Europe. <laughs> Cartoon. Fucking. And there's, an, there's a humanized puppet. Because why not? This movie's weird. It's a weird film. Yeah, it's it's so like it's not desensitized for today's fragile child audience. Well, no, it's not the children that are fragile; it's the parents. Is this the weirdest Disney movie? Are there weirder ones than this? Is there anything weird in Fantasia we gotta look out for? Like the fat hippos and turn me (laughs) on. That's my thing. We're just gonna leave the room during that whole sequence. Like, they'll need some alone time. We'll just gotta fuck those Chinese mushrooms. Do you paint your dick like one of the alligators? <laughs> get a little piece of paint. Sausage little cape. <laughs> oh, God. Bill just Man, furiously what, spinning the What if they have Fantasia hippo dolls? Little toys at McDonald's and the Happy Meals? I just buy one of those and just, like, yeah, slap them with my penis and just dress like a crocodile. Um, no, wait, is this the weird? I can't think of anything else that's weirder. I think it may be the weird. When you sit down and think about it, maybe the weirdest Disney film. Yeah. Well, I mean, weirder than Snow White? Yeah. I would say Snow White was kind of grim, but not weird. Like, grim with, like, you know, because the dude's like, oh, like, I gotta go cut out Snow White's heart and put it in a box. This one's like, yeah, kids turning into animals. Yeah. Fucking weird. It was a pretty Shit. direct, it was, it was a moral story, very directly, yeah. where very Snow White was just this kind more, of like a folk tale. Yeah. This like movie this one, is kind of a weird fever dream, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one was, hey, little boys that are watching this, if you fuck around and you don't listen to your parents, you it's will a good die. Story you want to, you want to get it, be turned into a donkey? You want to get swallowed by yeah. a donkey? Yeah. Yeah. the donkey, no. ladies, you get the fuck! <laughs> God, it's all fun. You have to worry about clothes? That's great. <laughs> Immoral story, Bill wants to be a donkey. Man, if, I, if the price I had to pay for me on the fuck up a mansion, <laughs> like it turned into a donkey, I can live with it. That's not a problem. Bill, there's a little organization called Habitat for Humanity that regularly does demolition. Your goal is so comically attainable. <laughs> I will say this. As someone who has spent six hours doing demolition work, not as fun as you want it to be. I have smashed a window with a hammer, not as fun as you want it to be. Oh. Yeah. That's because you had to wear goggles. <laughs> That was it. It was all that was holding it back. Fun killed. Yeah. Well, part of the, you know, the the fun of that is the physical danger of not being prepared and doing, you know, just like, oh, no, floor's about to collapse. Everyone get out of here. Woo! It's a fun ride down the steps on the back of this porch that just collapsed. Woo! All right, friends. That was our discussion of Pinocchio. Yeah, there's not a next... lot else to talk about than Pinocchio other than it was animated. Past our approval. Is, yeah. Yeah. It was watchable. Fantasia's next eventually. Yeah. Do we have any idea what our, what like next week's episode should be? About? We can have this conversation right now. Um, it's the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, I don't We know. are recording this out of order. The intro is coming after this. We friends, let's, uh, let's see what we talk about next week. Yeah, um, we'll find it. would be an amazing adventure. Let's be honest, dear listeners. You guys don't listen to this because of the insightful things we're going to talk about. <laughs> you listen to Bill's high-pitched swears and my, yeah. I don't know what the fuck you come to me for, but yeah. here we are. I was 
surprised at the number of people at the New Year's party at Steve's who said that they listened to the podcast. I don't know if they were telling the truth. Friends, I appreciate each and every one of you for tolerating our bullshit each and every week so far. <laughs> I really like this podcast. I put it on when I'm working on comics, and it, it, it helps me pass Oh, I just had a total re- a recall to when I was a kid. I used to call it Pinocchio Niku Niku. Niku Niku? Yeah, like I would watch Pinocchio on TV or something like that, and my parents said I would say, oh, Niku Niku! Because I couldn't say Pinocchio when That's I was like four. That's adorable. So I'd say Niku Niku! A tiny, a tiny, a tiny, but mother said high-pitched cute things. Yeah! It's hard for me to this believe This is also that. one, I told you guys about how it would make Mickey Mouse poo his pants, right? Oh, dear lord. Let's save that story for another time. <laughs> Friends, as always, thank you for That's listening right, to the Boy Party Podcast. Oh, Mantasia Our wonderful over. guest was Eric Moen. Yeah, yeah, it was Eric Moen. Where are your, where is your, are you at ericamoen.org? Uh, dot com. Dot com. Excuse and me. Erica is spelled with a K. People. Do we have anything you want us to direct people towards? I just, you know what? Can I take a moment to, to, to tell a very short story? It's not really a story. No. There's this poor girl named Erica Moen in Chicago. She spells her name with a C. <laughs> is this the Pay Arcade Erica Moen? No, this is the... Oh, no, this is another... There oh. are so many Ericas out there, and everybody thinks they're all me, but they're not. And What's wrong with this one? Well, she spells her name with a C, and her email address is the exact same as mine, except it's with a C, and she gets all this mail meant for me. Oh, did she get all the hate mail about... She hasn't mentioned any hate mail yet, but she she does get a lot of my my nice mails, and she'll forward them over, and she's written things like, you have the nicest readers, I love and so I recently just sent her two of my books to make up for the fact that she has to, like, filter. <laughs> and it's like, business emails will go to her. Like, I I'm going to teach a class, and the teachers wrote to the uh, the Chicago Erica instead of me. It's like, come on. Come this on. is, like, the best weird setup for a buddy movie, where she is your receptionist. Or, like, this girl who's a happenstance <laughs> starts filtering your shit on the internet, becomes your receptionist and best friend. Do you, do you call her Erica? Do you call her Erica 2.0 to her face? <laughs> No, I call her better Erica. <laughs> That's good. But she's actually, at some point, she's going to come to Portland, and we're going to go. Wow. You should totally together. buy her a drink. I will. I'm, just... so, I'm so sorry. I am so, so sorry you had the misfortune of, oh, she said that I, I have ruined her Google results. Like, oh, no. she just doesn't show up. It's oh. just... I don't know, like, Dar and all that crazy yeah. shit you put online? Yeah, that would be. I'm glad she has a sense of humor about That's it. Although, at least you're the harder to find, because you have the more unconventionally spelled name. But she, even people searching. Oh, for I know. With people C, will it's still attribute your stuff to her, and yeah, vice versa. Yeah. And that that poor poor son of a bitch. Yeah. I've met the other Anne Maloney who lives about two blocks away from me. What? This is how I met her. There's another one in Portland. There. Oh, there are many. And fucking Irish name Anne Anne Elizabeth Maloney. There are billions of us. I'm <laughs> serious. Twenty five percent of the world's population are Anne Elizabeth Maloney's. No, but um, it's uh, there's an Anne Maloney who lives about two blocks away, and I discovered her existence because um, I went to Movie Madness, which is a local oh, you told me about dingy this, yeah. rental, movie rental place. And I, um, uh, at the time, I was living with Bill and Dylan. And um, I go there and they're like, oh, you have $20 worth of fines on the Ooh. Civil War. And I'm like, oh, well, that sounds like something that they would rent. Sure. And I pay it off, not really paying attention. And it's only when I go home that Dylan points out, hey, this isn't our address. This is someone else's address. You paid off someone else's fine. <laughs> so I go back into Movie Madness. I'm like, I paid off someone else's fine? So they're like, okay, we'll put 20 bucks in your account. Which, because it's Movie Madness, never happened. Yeah. Oh. Fast forward to four Movie years Madness later. not so good with the paperwork. <laughs> four years later, I'm at my workplace, and this woman comes up and asks me a really stupid vaguely offensive question. And I'm like, okay, and I start helping her and it comes out during the course of that conversation that she's the other Anne Maloney. 
who is a nice enough lady, I should say. She's a nice enough lady, but she, um, I had very high expectations of her being another animal. Does she have a bitch face? She, I should be nice. I should be nice. She wasn't that bad. But I will tell this, as she was leaving, I was like, oh, ha ha, did you ever notice that your fines got paid off of Movie Madness? It's because I paid them off. And she goes, oh, ha ha, I did notice that. Walks out the door. <gasps> there was a coffee shop a 20 dick. feet away. She could have bought me a damn cup of coffee or something. She just laughs and walks out the door. Wow, that and that's so how douchey. I learned that I'm the good Annie Morley. You are. Did she have a mustache? She did not. See, see that's the thing. There should have been that easy indicator, but no. Oh yeah, evil Troy, evil Abed. You'll see that eventually. I did. No, oh, wait. Okay. No, wait. I saw white Abed. Yeah. Okay, They're so. apparently talking about community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, so just because you hate love, this was our attempting to end this cut podcast. So as always, <laughs> boyhattie.org. We're at boyhattie podcast on the twitters. Next week we'll talk about something which you will find fascinating. That won't be Skyrim. I it will be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. We're trying to do for gaming talk. Yeah, it's spoiler. Been a while. It's gonna be Skyrim. No, I promise you. <laughs> Eric, as always, thank you for playing along. Thank you, Eric. Uh, we'll be we'll be delving further into the Disney archives in the near future. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, guys. Donde esta la biblioteca Me llamo T-Bone, la araña discoteca Discoteca, muñeca, la biblioteca Es un bigote grande, pero manteca Manteca, bigote, gigante, pequeño Cabeza es nieve, cerveza es bueno Buenos días, me gusta papas frías Bigote de la cabra, es camarón días Yeah, boy, boy Yeah What? It's 2009 We're...